Chapter sixty of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter sixty. The receipt of Messieurs Beaumet and Bossange, and the gratitude of the Queen. The result of Madame de Lamotte's visit to Monsieur Reteau de Villette appeared the next day. At seven o'clock in the morning, she sent the Queen the following paper. We, the undersigned, acknowledge having received back again the diamond necklace sold to the Queen for one million six hundred thousand francs, the diamonds not suiting Her Majesty, who has paid us for our loss and trouble one hundred thousand francs. Beaumet and Bossange. The Queen, now tranquil about the whole affair, locked up the receipt and thought no more of it. But in strange contradiction to this receipt, the jewellers received a visit two days after from Monsieur de Rouen, who felt uneasy about the payment. If the instalment had not been paid, he expected to find them naturally annoyed, but to his great satisfaction they received him with smiles. The Queen is paid, then? he asked. No, Monseigneur, the Queen could not produce the money, as the King had refused it to her, but she has guaranteed the debt, and that fully satisfies us. Ah, so much the better, but how? through the Countess. No, Monseigneur, on hearing of the King's refusal, which soon became public, we wrote to Madame de la Motte. When? yesterday. And she replied, by one word, wait. That evening we received from the Queen by a courier a letter, a letter to you, or rather a guarantee, in due form. Let me see it. Oh, we would with pleasure, but Her Majesty enjoins that it is not to be shown to anyone. Then you are safe. Perfectly, Monseigneur. The Queen acknowledges the debt, fully, and engages to pay, five hundred thousand francs in three months, the rest in six, and she adds, let the affair rest between ourselves, you will have no cause to repent it. I am charmed that it is settled, said the cardinal. We must now raise the veil, though, doubtless, our readers comprehend how Jeanne de la Motte had acted towards her benefactress, and how she had managed to satisfy both the queen and the jewellers by borrowing the pen of Monsieur Reteau. Three months were thus obtained for the completion of her design of crime and deception and within three months everything would be arranged. She went to Monsieur de Rouen and repeated to him what the jewellers had already told him. He asked if the Queen remembered his good intentions. She drew a picture of her gratitude, which enchanted him. Her intention had been to sell some of the diamonds to the value of one hundred thousand crowns, and then pass over to England where, when necessary, she could dispose of the remainder. But her first essay frightened her, some offered despicably small sums for the stones. Others went into raptures, declaring they had never seen such diamonds but in the necklace of Messieurs Beaumet and Bossange. She abandoned this course, therefore, which she saw might soon bring about her ruin. She shut up the diamonds carefully, and resolved to wait. But her position was critical. A few words of explanation between the Queen and the Cardinal, and all would be discovered. She consoled herself by thinking that the Cardinal was too much in love not to fall into all the snares she might lay for him. One thought alone occupied her, how to prevent their meeting, that he would not be long satisfied without an interview she knew. What should she do? Persuade him to ask for one and offend the Queen by his presumption, but then the Queen would speak her anger out, and all would come to light. She must compromise her, and endeavour so to close her lips. But if they met by chance what remained for her, but flight. That was easy. A few hours would suffice. Then again, she thought of the name she would leave behind her, 
and bear with her, no longer a woman of rank, but a thief, whom justice only does not reach, because she is too far off. No, she would not fly, if she could help it. She would try what audacity and skill could do, remain here and act between them. To prevent them from meeting, that is the difficulty, as he is in love, and a prince, who has a right to see the queen, and she is now grateful, and will no longer fly from him. But if I excite him to too open an admiration, and disgust her, I alienate them more than ever. She will take fire easily, but what I want is something to make the queen tremble, as well as him, something which would give me power to say, if you accuse me, I will accuse you and ruin you. Leave me my wealth, and I will you, your honor. This is what I must seek for, and what I must find. End of chapter 60